The following podcast is a part of the Spin Studio Network. It's episode three of the Literally Nobody Cares Christmas special. How's that intro though? So merry and happy. Can you even fucking believe? The Lord's work has never sounded quite so good. Here I am back again, episode three. Can anyone believe that I'm actually here for three episodes, like in a row, three weeks in a row? Adam doing the fucking people's work, keeping me on schedule. Although, let me tell you, Jess, uh, she listens to most episodes, so she could catch me here, but she's a royal bitch today. It's just going to be doing that many fucking things. I, tell you, I can't even move. Sign 300 Christmas cards, sign this, do that. I can't even move. Anyway... It's the most wonderful time of the year. Thank you, Michael Buble. And, you know, it really is. It, the anticipation is growing. It is now the week before sort of the, well, it's the final week in the office. And it's sort of the countdown or the rundown now to Christmas being that it is next week. Festive cheer sort of becomes me and it should become you as well, hopefully. This afternoon we are, I'm recording this on Wednesday. No, I'm recording this on Monday. The episode goes live on Wednesday, and I believe that this afternoon we're doing the company Santa photo. Then on Wednesday, we've got our annual Secret Santa exchange lunch, which is a bring a plate moment, which we always love. And with the volume of staff here this year, it should be like a whole fucking sizzler buffet moment. Like it's just going to be thousands of dishes. And then we have our staff Christmas party, which is on Friday. I have my friend was party this on Saturday. And then on Sunday, it's wheels up. I'm going to Sydney. So let me, it is just you know, it's, it's all happening here. Um, and in between all those times, I have to pay for all of those occasions by doing my actual job, which evidently no one seems to want me to do because there's thousands of things to be done elsewhere. What are we doing today? It's a weekly update. Uh, what have I got here? The last week, what have I, it has just been this year. Wow. I mean, I know that we're not on episode four yet. We'll probably talk about like a year recap or something. I don't really know. Looking at Adam to give me some sort of hint there as to whether or not that's on the list. But um, I just, it has been quite the year. We have hired two new staff members just in the last sort of uh, week or two who will be joining us early January, which is very exciting. I actually believe one of them is a listener of this podcast. So hey there, Libby. Um, The other is one of my very closest friends in the world, Amy, uh, who's coming in as well. So the team is just continuing to expand. I mean, January is just going to be, wow, a whole different moment. I'll also give you, this is a brand spanking new piece of information that has not been discussed or disclosed anywhere. It's a first for the podcast. We've acquired a new warehouse for James Cosmetics. So we moved into our last warehouse, I want to say six months ago, somewhere adjacent to that. Um, And in typical me fashion, ripped all the bathrooms out, ripped the kitchen out, uh, repainted the entire outside, uh, spent a little bit of cash uh, to make it just mine. And uh, we're now leaving. So that's a fucking slap in the face if I've ever seen one. Um, No, I am very grateful for the fact that the business continued to grow, which is super exciting thanks to the support from fucking tens really like uh, like you that listen to this podcast so basically a new location which we'll be moving to in early January uh, which requires a whole different fit out we're ripping stuff out again bathrooms are going you should have seen this we should take oh Adam we should take some before photos before shit gets ripped out for the podcast group that enjoy that Adam's giving me the uh, the the old that's a goer go- I don't know what I was going to say there A-OK that's A-OK is what he's giving me um We'll take some photos of it before because there is a bathroom that is truly vile. We're fixing that right up as a huge wall that's separating two parts of the warehouse. That's been ripped out. It's a whole moment. So that's all happening, um, which we're super excited about. I don't know when I'm going to announce that, if that's going to be a this side of the year moment, if that's going to be a next year moment. I'm really not sure. Content is just flying out of the channels. We just got to book it in, really. So that's sort of uh, consuming me like no tomorrow. I have concluded what was uh, a marathon run, if you will, of me having 
lunch and or dinner with every single staff member in the business, which um, really took it out of me. Um, so as the business has continued to grow, we've added more people to the business. The type of work that I'm doing versus what the other staff are doing, we don't interact as much every day. And you know, some days it's more like they'll see me not at all. Some days it's just in a 30 minute meeting and that's kind of the end of it. So I had an idea where I would stage a, um, a lunch for some of our newer staff members, um, a dinner with some of my older staff members and their partners, um, just a sort of a nice wrap up to say thank you for the year and whatever else. Um, that was uh, September Sam. Uh, September Sam thought that was a great idea and September Sam was right. December Sam fucking hates September Sam uh, because he doesn't have that sort of time on his hands. Um, and, you know, the work level has just increased exponentially. And so what I didn't factor in was whilst a 6.30 dinner isn't the worst, you don't conclude said dinner until like 9.30 because in case it wasn't clear, I like to chat. Then it's a 9.30 moment, you get home in the 10s. Then I've got to do the work that I normally would have done when I got home. So you're you know, asleep in the sort of the, the 12s and then you know, you're up in the 4s. So it's, it, it's not a vibe is how I would put it. Um, great to see all the staff one-on-one. Hopefully they enjoyed it. Fucking thank you. But uh, unfortunately, it meant that we were running for two weeks on some very limited sleep, more than usual. And the lunches meant that I was out of the office during the day. And the schedule has become tighter and tighter and tighter as we sort of, and we're just jamming more things in, new warehouse, et cetera. So it has been a real situation, let me tell you. But it was good to do. Will we be doing it next year? I hear you asking. It seems very unlikely to me, but that's okay. January, Sam will probably be like, of course, I had a fabulous time. Let's book it all in. And then I just I might just start them in August and then just do one a week until the end of the year and that might be a much better way to approach it. What I will say is this: I went to lunch at one location with uh, a group of of newer staff members. I'm not going to name the venue because there's just no need to drag them right into it. Although I really should. Um, I have been in this venue a few times now. Um, it is a very popular Gold Coast venue. Just to be clear, in case anyone starts to like, what's going on? It is none of my faves. It is of course not 19. It is of course not Mama Sun. It is of course not Jamelli. It's none of the key places that I go to at suits just to be clear. This venue is one that is very, very popular. And every fucking time I go, the service is abysmal. It is like the entire place is being run by the Grinch. And he is just sitting there on camera being like, no, you'll wait. We were there for lunch and the place was not busy. Can confirm it was like a Tuesday. And I reckon the food, the entrees came out in acceptable time, we'll call it. It was then 45 minutes later until the mains came out. I don't understand. The guy comes over, he starts hurrying us to take the entrees away. You know that moment where it's like there's like one piece left and everyone's playing that polite bullshit where it's like, well, I went to the last piece of bread or I went to the last of this or whatever the fuck. They come and it's like, uh, you know, can we clear the plates? So we're rushing things off the central plates to sort of, you know, our own plates and whatever else they could clear the table thinking the mains must be imminent. 40 fucking five minutes later, I'm still, I don't understand. I mean, look, I'm sure someone will come for me on this and like, that's totally fine. I don't think that you're splitting the atom, clearing tables. So I don't feel like it's that difficult to work out. Have the mains been started yet? No. Well, it doesn't really matter that the entrees are still on the table. Just doesn't seem like brain surgery to me. Was not a busy restaurant, casual lunch service. The drinks were taken six fucking months. It's a no from me. I don't know why I keep going back to this restaurant, although the staff got to choose, so it wasn't my selection, but I will not be returning there unless I am forced and or, you know, it's an event. But it every time I, I just don't get it. Surely if you're a Gold Coaster, you might be able to find out where, well, you might be able to just know where I'm thinking of. I've just named all the other restaurants that I like. There's just the one left. Anyway, 
that was kind of my last week. Is that last? Yeah, it was last week. It's been, I, I don't know, the days are sort of molding into each other. I'll tell you actually one thing that we haven't put on here, but we can talk about today. Um, we had Oz Harvest come into the office this morning which was quite good. So Oz Harvest, if people aren't aware, is um, sort of a charity of charities is how they explained it. So basically they work with 30 plus charities uh, who uh, need basically food to be provided to them. So Oz Harvest has a connect with people like Woolworths and all sorts of locations, restaurants, etc. They take food that's sort of going to be discarded. They then either distribute it to people directly or it gets, you know, taken to shelters where they turn it into meals, etc. They show people who are, you know, struggling financially how they can use sort of their, you know, the food that they've been provided by Oz Harvest with a few other small bits to then turn into a huge big meal. Basically every dollar they get turns into two meals. Like it's fucking wild the shit they're doing. So my mum, who every year um, tries to get us involved in some sort of a food related drive, we usually do Rosie's every year, which is a local Gold Coast charity, whereas Oz Harvest is Gold Coast and sort of supports Rosie's and others. So it felt like we could sort of make a larger impact there. So this year we worked with them. So basically for all of November and December, the staff were tasked with, it was a gratitude moment, if you will. The staff were tasked with, we've had a very good year here. Um, We've been very fortunate that none of our staff was stood down or let go during our COVID. We in fact hired more people. And so just sort of give back in the way that we could, we were encouraging the staff to, as they're doing their weekly grocery shop or for some of our staff, just straight up stealing from the pantry that mum's paying for, um, whatever it works for you really, um, non-perishable foods and sort of building up a stockpile. Whereas normally we do it in December, it's kind of like, look, it's Monday. We're going to get the food on Friday. And then, you know, financially speaking, everyone's not just going to run to the, you know, and buy heaps and heaps. So if we're doing it over two months, it meant that we got a lot more, which was really fantastic. So uh, we ended up donating more than 200 kilos worth of food, which was wild. It's actually a bit of a vibe. The, the truck they bring to collect the food has a scale on it. So like when we put all the food in, it then tells you how much it weighs. So that was cool. So we did 200 kilos of food, um, which was great. And a lady, Sally from Oz Harvest, came in and she was uh, – uh, is sort of telling us all about what it was. So I obviously have told the staff who we're donating to and why, but I think it's quite nice to hear directly from people sort of what impact that makes. So we did all of that, which was quite nice. We heard what an impact it makes both to the environment, but also to people who had a really, really tough year with COVID. And then, which they weren't aware of, we then um, made a donation um, from the business. And um, it was quite nice because it's been a very tough year for charities, I think, as well um, with COVID because a lot of businesses have pulled their donations. A lot of individuals have pulled their donations because they just don't have the liquidity to do it this year. And so we were able to make what I would call a, you know, a sizable donation, um, which was nice. And um, it seemed that that sort of somewhat overwhelmed Sally from Oz Harvest and she was sort of um, you know, visibly a bit upset by sort of the generosity, which I thought was was nice to see. Because for me personally, I, I and nothing against the other, like whatever, Cheryl, fucking leave me alone. I don't love supporting the charities that have these just massive cost structures and you're funding this huge business that then is, you know, 60 cents on the dollars being consumed by, consumed by administrative costs. And before I hear from fucking anyone, I understand that some charities, it requires you, obviously the more the business is successful, the more they're going to be able to raise you know, more money. So there are some costs that are reasonable, but when we don't have the ability to write a million dollar check, I like that we're able to impact, you know, someone literally living around the corner from me, around the corner from the office who might be struggling this year. So that's why we like to sort of direct our funds there. And because it's been such a tough year, it was good to see that that sort of a, a donation, which again, isn't, you know, what someone like a Woolworths is going to be able to write. It, it does make a big impact. So, you know, to be able to sort of give, you know, the, the broader community 40,000 meals this Christmas is sort of a really big thing. So that was really quite lovely this morning, which was nice for the team to see. Um, and so I guess just highlight again, I, I think that the, the whole point of this season, and I know that um, we, we rarely get too serious in this podcast, but 
the point of this season isn't that you buy as many gifts as you can and who's got the most expensive gift and who's got this and who's got that. That isn't the point of Christmas to me. The whole point of it is that, you know, it's about community and coming together and families and friends and spending time with loved ones and all of those types of things are what, what's important to me at this time of year. And I love that everyone gets to come together. And so I think that the fact that we're able to show that generosity in a year that we've, you know, been very fortunate during COVID and the staff to see that their hard work is going into more than just building the business and growing the business, but also to, to support the community is super important to me. So that was quite nice this morning. We love that the absolute most now that we have covered nice things and I've got some sort of like karmic insurance. Let's bitch about people's Christmas trees and putting fucking peacocks on them because I'm not about it, Maya. You know what I'm saying? A flock of fucking birds flying into a tree and dying and therefore not being able to get off the tree is what it looks like. Before I go there, the winner from episode two. So basically we're doing the giveaways. Hello. Um, we've so far done two. Well, today will be the second giveaway, right? Is that, have I got that right? Yeah. Today will be the second giveaway announcement. So in the first week we gave away the uh, James Cosmetics prize packs with the Christmas boxes, which is amazing. This week's prize is a box of my favorite things, an assortment, if you will, including $500 cash, which as you know, cash is one of my absolute favorite things. So I've been provided here with the, uh, the entries that have been shortlisted for winning and I have selected the uh, the winner here because they had to nominate their n- number one Grinch story this year. And this one's fucking wild. The problem is like, I want to read it, but then I also have to say the person's name. So I'm not going to say the person's name who's won this week because I think I want to read the story out and I feel bad reading the story out and then saying their name in case it sort of spreads. So we have your details individual and um, the team here will be in touch for you to get your prize. But let me read this out for the listeners because fuck me. About five years ago, I went out on Xmas Eve with some friends and saw my ex-boyfriend there. We were really drunk and he approached me and started having a big DNM with me telling me how he wants to break up with his new girlfriend and get back together with me. He went home with me, saw my parents and stayed the night. The next morning, Christmas morning, he left and then texts me saying, sorry, I don't want to get back together, but Merry Christmas. (laughs) If that's not Grinch ruin my ex's vibes, I don't know it is. Fuck me. That's unbelievable. That's really good. Just wow. That's a whole situation. I'm also going to give a runner up prize. I don't even know what that is. But um, stand by because there was another one on here that was absolutely – I couldn't actually follow this story, if I'm honest with you. It was – I feel like it needs to be rewritten. But here's another one. This is going to be a runner-up prize. Well, I don't know what it's going to be. It'll be James Cosmetics. It'll be something. We'll throw something together. Um, my mother accidentally outed her husband's nine-year-long affair with another woman whom was pregnant with his eighth child on Christmas Eve. She was hoping to keep the affair her husband was having to herself a nice little secret so we could all pretend to be happy for one last Christmas. Ironically, my mother was the Grinch that Christmas. Absolutely no, she wasn't. Not my cheating scumbag father who got a baby for Christmas. My therapist says I'm doing well with my trauma. That's quite a funny little addition there. That's fabulous. Love you the absolute most, Sarah. Um, that was a hilarious story. I mean, that I mean, what even the fuck? That is truly wild. And also, like, how on earth is your mum the Grinch? I don't even understand. Like, that's not a thing at all uh, in the slightest. And wow. I love, though, I mean, you know, silver lining moment, if you will, but how is that not Christmas? Your mum has been literally hung out to dry by, as you have called him, a cheating scumbag of a person, and she's still willing to cop that, put a fake smile on, and celebrate Christmas so the family has a memory before she tortures his ass 10 minutes after Christmas. That's fucking Christmas spirit. What other season could you summon that level of spirit and happy and joyfulness to cover up the fact that you want to 
bludgeon him to death with what I imagine is just the nearest object, nothing Christmas adjacent, but bludgeon him to death with some sort of, you know, wooden sort of, I don't, I don't know what you call it, you know, it's, I'm not straight, but you know, a plank of some description just over the head repeatedly. And she put all that aside because it's the Christmas season. I mean, what a time. What a woman, too, as a side note. Not a Grinch at all in my books. Love you the absolute most. There are winners of the week. Adam will be in touch. There we go. What are we doing for... Oh, the phone calls in have been a real vibe, right? So we've got, we've got several phone calls in. People are all over it. Not as many phone calls as I would like, okay? I'm just going to put it out there. People are calling in, but not in the droves that I need them to. I don't know what you're nervous about. It's not an electric shock line. Fucking pick your phone up and call. We should have done a text line, lazy fuckers. Basically, you call in and it's a fun time. Okay, I don't. It's not that hard. Voicemail. I'm not going to answer. Don't worry. I know that's everyone's biggest fucking fear that someone calls and they actually pick the phone up because everyone's looking for a fucking answering machine. You know, there's a number you can dial. I don't know if it's just a vote if I think there's a number you can dial on the front of a mobile number and it guarantees you get the voicemail. That's stunning. That's absolutely stunning. Imagine that. You're like, oh, I tried you. <laughs> No, I didn't. Anywho, that's phenomenal. So the call in line is essential. I'm upping the fucking ante, okay? If I play your call on the very last Christmas episode, which comes out, I think, on the Wednesday and Christmas is on, like, the Friday or something, like, it's coming soon. If I play your message, you will receive $200 cash. Okay, we were just going to give you cash. Like, I don't know what else to say to you. $200 cash if you've got a story worth me playing. Not that hard, Okay. You're doing the people's work. I know you got a story. Call the number. It's, um, I put it on my Instagram as well, but it's plus six one. So if you're international, this is what this plus six one bullshit is, okay? Plus six one seven five six four nine six eight five zero. If you live in Australia and you're confused by this, I would stop listening to this podcast because you're a fucking idiot. But zero seven five six four nine six eight five zero. Again, no one will answer you will get a voicemail immediately. In fact, you'll hear my voice though, but no one's answering, so don't stress. Love to hear your story. All of those that are being said on the uh, voicemail will be kept anonymous, but leave your details because obviously we're going to send you the $200 cash. Like we need to know how to find you. Hello. Um, That's it. Let's move into more Christmas adjacent content. First up, and I think I've mentioned this very lightly before, but I'm going to go right into it today. Happy holidays. You can take happy holidays, print it on that same blunt wooden object and beat yourself to death. I don't want to hear at a shop happy holidays. I don't want to hear in a fucking email. I don't want you to tell me happy holidays. I don't want happy holidays anywhere near me. It's Merry Christmas. What on earth are we doing? If you feel that, if your company feels that if you say happy holidays, you're going to be like more, you know, appropriate in the current political times, you can all just literally fucking, I don't know, take a cyanide pill pop it straight in the mouth and swallow it. There is absolutely no reason on earth why you should ever need to hide your joy for Christmas. It's a fabulous time of year. If someone came up to me and said, hi, Sam, happy Hanukkah, you wouldn't hear me being like, how dare you? I'm not Jewish. I am offended. I won't have it. Okay, Karen, I won't have it, Christy fucking hyphen Lee, and I simply will not have it from you, Cheryl, because it's disgusting. You're standing there at the shops, and also, what I will say is this, it is light on this year. I have received very few Merry Christmases when I have been at shops. I've purchased. I'm not hearing anything. I'm leaving the store. I'm getting a, thanks for shopping. Thanks. Thanks. I'll take a thanks in June, bitch. What I'm looking for is Merry fucking Christmas, okay? It's not my fault you hate your job. I'm here with a joyous time. I'm looking for joy. I'm looking for just happiness in general to surround me. And what you've done is you've made my life too hard. So 
if you're hearing that from people, you should pull them up. And you know what's annoying is what I'm saying to people when I'm wrapping up my transaction and I'm saying to them Merry Christmas, they're very happy to receive it. So I don't know if it's them just being Grinches and or if the companies are saying, don't offer Merry Christmas, you don't want to offend. Oh, fuck offending people, dear Lord. I mean, not that's a surprise from me, but I really literally can't handle it. It drives me absolutely insane because I just feel like no matter where I was in the world, I would be welcoming what they've got. What do you say here? Tell me a story. Feliz Navidad. You know, I'll have it. What have you got? I just, it's fucking bullshit. Anyway, if someone owns like a store or something and they've got like a story, they should call the number. You know, we should, get, let's get the number here. If you've got a boss actually who is being like, no, Merry Christmas, I would like to hear from you. In fact, I'll go as far as I would like to know where it is that you work, again, anonymously, and I will go to your location. I am more than happy to go in, pass on my patronage, and when I'm not wished a Merry Christmas, bring it up and then ask for the manager. If I need to be Cheryl to bring this forward, I'll fucking do it. And Cheryl ain't seen nothing yet. Um, that's happy holidays. What a nightmare. Next up, what I'm talking about is, oh yeah, right. Christmas movie. So I was, I've been posting up on my Instagram as you've no doubt been seeing, cause every single one of you follows me. Of course. Hello. Um, and basically we've been talking about the various Christmas movies that I'm watching. I'm receiving some people who are messaging me with their suggestions and we're hearing sort of all sorts. But what I will say is this, there are a few movies that are on my list. No, there's no movies that are bad. If it's a Christmas movie, I'm into it. And I give a very broad exemption this time of year. So if you're on Netflix and you watch a movie and it's for Christmas and it's absolute trash, exempt. I don't hear it. Oh, the plot was no good. The plot? Sorry? Can you fuck off? Merry Christmas and fuck off. Yeah, like, we don't need you here. Of course the plot's trash. Of course the ending's happy. It's Christmas. What do you want? Oh, it's a lovely day. And then a bomb went off and killed everyone. What sort of a movie is this? It's not Die Hard. Okay. We're not looking for everyone to be dead. It's a happy time of year. It's joyful. It's triumphant, if you will. So I'm really into any movie that is Christmas adjacent. I've seen The Christmas Prince on Netflix. Fabulous. What a great time. The acting, abysmal. But for some reason, it works. That's what you want. It's a Christmas movie. They don't need good actors. They don't need to waste it. I don't even know why Vanessa Hudgens is in that movie. Is that the one she's in? I don't even know. Whichever one she's in. She didn't do a very good job. Didn't matter. It's Christmas. The season elevated the acting. You know what I'm saying? What ones are, you know, Elf. I watched Elf again the other night. Not a huge Elf fan. Not, not a popular opinion, but not a huge Elf fan. I like the sentiment. I'm a big fan of um, James Kahn, who plays the, the dad in that movie, because he's also on a show called Las Vegas, which I'm a big fan of. But I'm just, Elf just doesn't quite, I don't know. I must say it's probably the the best I've seen of a modern Christmas take because they're struggling to really develop a classic, I think. There's not a lot of cr- classics or movies that I see that are coming out that I'm kind of like, this is going to last you know, the test of time, which Elf will. What am I watching though? Every year I will watch Love Actually, but I will watch it only on Christmas Eve. It is my Christmas Eve tradition. Here is an issue though. This year I'm actually away for Christmas for the first time in my life. I'm, um, where am I? I'm in Canberra. And so I think that's, um, I don't know if it's going to be the same vibe with, um, it being sort of, you know, like a hotel moment. I don't, I don't really know, but that is my usual tradition. I watch it every year on Christmas Eve and I love it. That movie is just, oh, multi-dimensional. You know, Cheryl, it's almost above your ability to understand or comprehend what's occurring in that movie. And what I love is that it's not an aggressive Christmas movie per se, but the season itself is where it's really at. And for me, that's what's the go. 
Because let me break down love actually for you. Let's get really into it here. If you haven't seen it, I can't fucking help you. Hang up the phone, turn off the podcast. What are you doing? Just get the fuck out, really. Box dine all. So love actually, the premise of the movie is there's a whole bunch of different people and they then intertwine. The story sort of all, they end up, you know, all knowing each other. It's a whole bit of a moment. But the things that occur, you know, the guy that's the videographer and he's standing out there with the sign, he's flipping the sign back and forward, you know, the way that the, you know, the prime minister meets the random girl and all of these things, that shit that's only happening at Christmas. It's not fucking August 7th and someone's doing a fucking outdoor with their cards flicking back and forth. That's not a thing. The season is what elevates the moment. You're doing things at Christmas that you wouldn't otherwise do. I think it's pushing you to make, you know, and I'm talking like, you know, not like serial killer vibes, but you know, if you were on the edge about doing something, if you like someone, you want to tell them, if you want to, you know, spoil your significant other, if you, all these things are heightened at this time of year because of the season. And that's all happening without you doing fuck all. The season itself is elevating you. Either you choose to elevate with it or you're a fucking loser with a box die wearing Crocs at home. You know what I'm saying? No gifts for you. No Grinch. Get out. Anyway, so Love Actually to me, if you rewatch that movie, which you should be every year annually, it's like a reset. But when you watch it, look at what's occurring. That shit isn't happening unless it's during the season. You know, the kids are doing the Christmas play on stage. It's the magic of the season. You go to your kid's Christmas thing in fucking March and you're like, I want to get out of here. Why am I at this stupid fucking thing? They're not even good. They've missed the line. They've missed the queue. It's no good. Christmas, it's adorable. Oh my God, look how ridiculous they look as the three wise men. And there's like seven wise men because they had to cast some fucking kid who couldn't fucking walk in a straight line, but they need to give him something. Now there's 17 wise men. Anyway, so that's a big one. Love actually is key. What else have I got here? Miracle on a street I never remember. 43rd? Is that it? 34th. That's it. 34th. Fucking Jess is going to come at me again. Miracle on 34th Street. That is just heartwarming. We spoke about the, the last podcast about the, um, the deaf girl and that whole situation. Oh, heartwarming. That's a great movie. Next up, The Holiday. Love The Holiday. Cameron Diaz. And look, she doesn't do so well in most movies, but she really hits it out of the park in this one. Nails it, if you will. Um, I don't actually know the other... Kate, is it Kate Winslet? I don't even know. Um, and it could be Kate Winslet. If it, if that's who it is, she does a phenomenal job. If it's not, sorry, babe. Um, that's a phenomenal Christmas movie. That's like a situation where they both swap homes. There's an intertwining moment. But again, it's it all starts with them doing something they would not otherwise do at that time ever. But because it's Christmas, they do it. You're just taking chances at Christmas. If you're not taking chances, you should fucking take chances because it's Christmas. It's magic. Everyone's elevating, except Cheryl, of course. Uh, what else have I got? Uh, oh, The Grinch. I mean, I watched that literally the other night. I posted about it. The Grinch is phenomenal. If any motherfucker sends me a DM and says, which Grinch are you referring to? I will block you. I will block you so fast that you won't even see it coming. You won't even have seen the message by the time you've entered it because you'll be gone. There is only one Grinch and it is the original. This sad, pathetic attempt, this remake cartoon crap where it was for kids. Now, no. Jim Carrey put forward one of the greatest acting displays of all time. If I was in charge of the Oscars, I would have wrapped it up that year. Every Oscar given out would have been furry and green. That was a performance for the ages. And let me tell you, if you don't enjoy that movie, we can't be friends. You shouldn't be listening to this podcast. That is a movie forever. I mean, where are you, Christmas? Faith Hill? Oh, what a song. What a tune. And there's just so many. I mean, Taylor Momsen is the child of that movie. She's like a fucking 
I don't even know what the word is. She's like a vampire now. She's like in the fucking gutter. She's got fucking grime on her eyeballs. She's like hideous and gone and just like this, I mean, really just the essence of Satan spawn. And she's the child of this movie. I mean, only Christmas could do that to her. She really is struggling to put Taylor Momsen. I don't know what she's doing. She was in Gossip Girl and then all of a sudden Gossip Girl, at the end of it, you're like, what's happened to Jenny? All of a sudden she's fucking weird. It's like the eyeshadow's too dark and she's, you know, aggressive and a menace and it's all too much. But anyway, she's now a bit in the gutter. And so when you look back, you're like, look, look what Christmas did for you. You could have had this brand, but then you went the other way. Poor babe. So that's a fabulous movie. You've also, there's so many actors and actresses in that that just absolutely hit it out of the park. And what a fucking time to be alive. That and the other one that I watched in the night was Christmas with the Cranks. I wouldn't put that on my list of like all-time favorites or anything, but anytime Tim Allen waltzes into a Christmas movie, all of a sudden it elevates. You know what I'm saying? Tim Allen is just iconic around this season. He's really just who you want to see when you're talking a Christmas movie, and he really brings it to a different level, which we absolutely love. And Christmas with the Cranks is great because, again, it's about someone who thinks they can dismantle Christmas with a fucking tragic... What, oh, a cruise liner fucking, why are people taking cruises? I mean, I know Corona really highlighted it, but guys, a cruise isn't for anyone. What the fuck is that? You're trapped on a boat with a bunch of other desperate no-hopers and it's like, oh, quickly, the buffet starts at 11 and we best get in there and eat all the food. Well, shock horror, all the food's got bacteria and now you're sick and the whole boat's sick. Oh, the whole boat is now just a fucking sea hospital. Now you all fucking want to kill yourselves and jump off. The- I don't get any of that shit. Why are you signing up to that? Go and stay in a hotel like a normal person. You can choose where you want to go, when you want to go. Not buffet three or buffet six today. Which should we go to? Oh, look, there's Cheryl coughing all over all the crab legs. Let's have those. Oh, vile. Absolute. I can't stand a cruise. So this is Tim Allen proposing they go on a cruise, which to start with was a disaster and a tragedy. But he thought that a cruise could outdo Christmas. And then, of course, Christmas swings way back around. The whole town gets involved. It's magic because it's fucking Christmas. Magic is the word. I just don't understand why people don't love this time of year. It's really bizarre. Anywho, they're probably my my top ones. There's um, Santa Claus is the other big one with Tim Allen, which is just an absolute banger. Maybe that's tonight's uh, situation. Speaking of problems. We have voicemails. Adam, we've got voicemails here. I don't know how we're going to cut this in. I don't know what we're going to do here. The technological stuff is not my vibe. But uh, we have a couple of people who've called in with their Grinch stories, Grinch-adjacent moments at Christmas. We're going to hear these now. Firstly, Sam, you're a bloody legend. Secondly, uh, I have about 20 cousins. Oh, my Lord. And none of us like getting together for Christmas. So we all just don't talk and then about... The 20th of December, my grandma calls us all and says, oh. we're going to die next year. It's oh, my Lord. Place. So we all feel sorry for grandma and we go to grandma's place. But that was a good one. Cheers, guys. Love you. That was like a short, sharp and to the point. I can tell you're a 10. What I will say is this. Again, the magic of Christmas. You don't want to see your cousins. You want nothing to do with them. You can't stand your family. You don't want to be there. But you know what? You're all fucking there. If there was no Christmas you wouldn't be coming together and you would regret it. I am telling you, no matter how much you don't want to see them, you would regret it. The magic of Christmas is able to restore everyone. And what I will say is this, this is a legacy. One year she will pass away and someone needs to keep that baton going. It should be you. Step up, take on the role, do what Nana would have wanted. I think she called her grandma. I used to call my Nana Nana. She was a big fan of Christmas too. She was also a fan of no bullshit. She used to say whatever she thought. You know, you go over to her house, you'd be like, hey, Nana, she'd be like, hey, you've put some weight on. Oh, okay, fuck. Well, I'll just leave then. We love that about Nana's. Anyway, what else you got, Adam? 
Hi, my name is Danielle. Um, I hey, am Danielle. a literal Grinch in the fact that I hate any amounts of clutter. And to me, Fair. Christmas is no different time. However, well, different I do time have a with. family Rude. that absolutely loves Christmas, loves decorations. Mm-hmm. So Does I will allow the Christmas tree to go up Christmas allow. Eve morning and Christmas tree to be taken down Christmas Eve night prior to Christmas Day starting. I will allow that for Gosh. one little bit. But as soon as Christmas Eve festivities are done, the tree is taken down. There is absolutely no sign of Christmas in my household. Thanks. Hang on. What? What's her, she's saying the tree goes up on Christmas Eve and comes down on Christmas Eve. Is that what I heard? I think we need to hear that again. Just the end part. I don't want to hear that drone to start with. Is she having a fucking laugh? Oh, my family really likes Christmas. Oh, sorry. So inconvenience with Santa Claus. Christmas tree to go up Christmas Eve morning and Christmas tree to be taken down Christmas Eve night. You're fucking having a laugh, babe. It's not, you don't have a tree up on Christmas day. What's the point of putting it up on Christmas Eve? That's not a real day. That's not even the day. What? What the fuck? That was the dumbest shit I've ever heard in my life. Wow. We need to get like caller ID. And when it comes up Grinch, we just fucking block them. Why are you calling my phone line? Maybe I will start answering some of these calls just in case that's a stupid story I'm being told. Why on earth? I mean, I'm with you on the clutter. Not a clutter fan. It's the same as when you see people and it's like all of a sudden their decorations just start spewing everywhere. And that's truly vile. I like to have a nice chic display. Let me tell you a story and I'm going to throw it right out there for you. If you don't have the ability, the skill, nay, the talent to execute a flawless Christmas display whilst sustaining this decluttered, simplistic, chic, contemporary moment, then you're just not that talented. Sorry, babe. No one's no one's impressive that they keep everything decluttered. The skill is to how to style and finesse the home whilst also having it being chic and simplistic. If you can't execute that over Christmas, sorry, babe, but I don't think you should be on this podcast. I think maybe it's time to pack it up and fuck off. Let me guess, Samsung user or Huawei? Fuck me. That was vile. What? I mean, can you just fax over some details on your kids so we can send them an invite to an actual Christmas celebration? Fuck. That's got to be rough, Cheryl. Sorry that, you know, that your kids are... Why Christmas Eve? Why don't you take it down on Christmas Day? What does that even mean? I'm so fucking lost. Anyway, they're the voicemails. See how fun it is? You can call up and get abused. Anyway, uh, make sure you call in 0756496850. It's me. I feel like I'm on a radio show. Um, why don't I have a radio show? Probably because I swear too much. That's really the fucking statement. Um, anywho, that is wild. Next up, what I've really got to be like... Just a bit more picky here because we're at 30-something minutes already, aren't we, Adam? Gee, the Lord. Um, Elf on a Shelf is on the list here. Um, I thought I'd just touch on Elf on a Shelf very quickly because for those of you who have been with me for a long time, I touched on Elf on a Shelf in last year's uh, Christmas episodes. I mean, there wasn't a special like this year because this year we really turned it on, but I think I recorded around that time. Um, my issue with Elf on a Shelf is, is well documented. My concern is that the elf becomes the disciplinarian in the family. And so it's like all year you know, long, little Johnny's running around the restaurant being like, ah, and he's throwing his shit around. He's running at people's tables. And, he's, you know, and then I fucking coat hanger him because I'm at the table opposite you. No. So no good. But then he gets to December and all of a sudden the elf's appeared. And now the elf is the disciplinarian in the family because he's going back to Santa and telling Santa what's going on. Uh, firstly, Santa doesn't need an elf to tell him shit because he's got the naughty or nice list. So mm, thanks anyway, but that's fine. But what I will say is this, the more I have interacted with Elf on the Shelf and the more I have seen people using Elf on the Shelf, I see the role he's playing. 
caveat coming. I like when the elf is doing more than just moving. I like when he's been naughty and he's like left remnants or he's interrupted things or, and there is a clear scene and narrative, if you will, built around the elf that I like because then the child is now excited to find the elf every day, not just because he's moved. Now that to me is building into the entire theme of Christmas beginning December one, building throughout the whole of December, the magic is building and the anticipation for Santa to ultimately arrive. I'm here for that. The reason I didn't like it before is because it was just like, well, the, the elf's on the bookshelf today and he's going to tell everyone how shit you are. So don't do anything bad. It's like, well, if they're going to do something bad, maybe it's because in uh, fucking November, you should have said, don't do something bad. Can't fucking surprise you. Hello. Anyway, um, as always, people love to hear tips from me about parenting because, you know, I'm a parent of so many people. I don't have a fucking dog because that would have left me too. Anyway, so that's pretty much um, the thoughts on Elf on a Shelf, but I have been asking the DMs about that to clarify my opinion on it because they have heard last year's episode where I was discussing my concern for the uh, the Elf on a Shelf business. Oh, what I will say though, fuck, I wish I came up with it. Jesus Christ. That's a moneymaker if I've ever seen one. And now every year there's like all different ones, like Elf on a Shelf's the real one. And then there's just all these like other stupid names. Oh, Elf on a Shelf. When someone came up with that name, they just fucking knew they'd nailed it. Just money in the bank, really. Um, What else I got here? I've got on this list here, Christmas decorations, do's and don'ts. I'm going to try and wrap this up in a fast one rather than going in too deep. What I will say is this, it's not that fucking hard. If you're an amateur Christmas decorator, if it's your first time, if you feel like every year your uh, display isn't quite where it needs to be, if you think that maybe you need help or assistance, what you need to do is start with the basics. You know, you need a red, you need a gold, you need a silver. Stop it fucking there. What color is your tree, did you say? Green. Why would a tree be any other color? What is a black tree? I've not seen a black tree before. Why is there a white tree? Buy a green tree and put fucking frosting on it if you would like it to be a white moment, not a white tree. Oh, it's awful. If you are not an advanced operator, you should be sticking to the reds, the greens, the golds, and the silvers. I mean, that's all you should be having on a tree because it's very hard to fuck those up. They work together harmoniously. They they represent Christmas. They are the delegates from the North Pole and they will display beautifully in a home. If you're an advanced user, that's when other colors come about. Now, here is the issue. I apologize on behalf of the large department store chains because they have made available decorations which make it seem that they are appropriate when in fact they are fucking ugly and ruin the season. For example, I don't understand why there are gay decorations in a large department store which is currently selling these. Um, why is there rainbow decorations? Sorry, but when you walk into my home, you don't need to see the fucking rainbow bauble on my tree to know that I'm gay. You can see that based on the fact that the place is fucking spotless and the display for Christmas is flawless. That's how you know. That should be sending the message. No gay person in their fucking right mind would ever put a fucking hideous, disgusting, multicolored anything on a Christmas tree. So the only one buying it is Karen who wants to get around town and be like, oh, gay marriage, I'm for gay marriage. Sweetheart, stop buying it because they think that we're buying it. So now they bring out more of it. Every year the section grows. It's not us. It's Karen and Cheryl. And while we appreciate the support, please manifest it in another way. Sign a fucking online petition for something. No one wants a fucking rainbow bauble. The other thing that's made an appearance this year that is truly offensive is all these birds. Why are there so many birds everywhere? Fucking birds, literally trees with birds all through them. It's like there was some sort of, I don't know, their dignity just hidden inside the trees. They all just flew in there and could never get back out and died. Feathers everywhere. I, why is there, 
turtle doves from the song. I don't get why there's birds. What association do birds have with Christmas? I'm just not understanding it. You shouldn't have birds on your tree. I have these stunning gold, you know, foiled and gold sort of accents that stick out, but they're not feathers. I don't, where is the feather thing come from? Don't put, if you're not an advanced operator, you need to avoid all those sections. And let me tell you something, purple and blue, they are not colors to be trifling with. If you don't know what you're doing, fucking put them back. Pick up red, pick up gold. You'll be safe. But blue, oh, and there's a very specific blue. Most blues are completely banned at Christmas. But if you've got yourself in some sort of like a royal blue, stark blue moment, fuck me. You need to calm down. If you're going for like an icy light blue against a white on a really heavily snowed tree and it's built in there with like a pearly white number, it's all happening, you can get there. That is a very advanced operator. Jeff Latham is operating that. But if you are not an advanced user, please, dear God, beads. Don't be throwing fucking beads all over your tree if you're not an advanced operator. Please, dear God, help me out here. It's just not that difficult. Red, green, gold, silver, stunning. Can't go wrong. You're fine. You're safe. You know? Anyway, I could go on about that forever. I don't understand with the bird decorations. It just makes no sense to me. At least the gay decorations are trying to pretend like they're being inclusive when they're actually being exclusive because the gays cannot shop there because they're so fucking offended by the ugliness of the decorations. Anyway, um, COVID Santa photos. I, I did mark that down, but I mean, it's it's devastating to be truthful. I mean, you see some of these photos and you think, my God, the people who are animating them, I want to kill myself. Like, oh, Santa's pulling us along. <laughs> no, just stand there, okay? We know it's COVID. It's 2020. Fucking, it's fine. He's standing over there. You're standing over here. It's fine. No one's pulling a rope where you're like hideous, truly hideous. Anyway. Nothing you can do about that. Um, the last thing I noted down here was to sort of have a brief discussion about Christmas Day and the protocol for that because what I thought was very interesting, again, for Christmas Day. So last year, my uh, ex-partner's family came to my Christmas uh, at my house and they're not big gift-giving people. And so what was sort of like a real moment for us, my family anyway, who are big gift-givers, we weren't sort of sure what to do because the last thing you want to do is not have a gift if they bring a gift. But then you also don't want to give a gift if they don't then give a gift because then you just make it uncomfortable. And of course, it's not about the gifts. We don't care about the gifts. It's about everyone being together, which was really lovely, everyone together on the day, which was really nice. So we had to purchase backup gifts to keep them on standby, thankfully, because they turned out with gifts. This is what I'm talking about, people. Preparation for Christmas is key. Don't let it stress you out. Take control of the moment. Are you stressed? Alleviate the stress. We weren't sure. We purchased a backup gift. You're ready to go. It makes the day go super smooth. Are you attending someone's Christmas? You should bring something. When they say you don't need to bring anything, bring something nominal. Bring a bottle of something. Bring a chocolate. Bring a dessert. Who gives a fuck? Bring something. I like something to be brought if you're enjoying a Christmas dinner moment, Christmas lunch, Christmas dinner, etc. If you're going to a Christmas party, of course don't bring something. The last thing you want to do is walk in with a fucking flan and then you're like, oh, here it is. And you're like, that doesn't go at all with my theming. Nor does it go with the theme of the event or the night. Anyway, if you're attending a Christmas lunch or dinner, you should be bringing something for a sit-down moment for sure. And if people are coming around, you should, as a host, have a small gift for them, in my opinion. That's just how I operate. But again, you want to make sure that you've got a backup gift ready to go just in case you're gifted. Do you know what I'm saying? Nothing worse than not having a gift to give. Anywho... We've been talking a long time today about very critical and important issues, but uh, that is an end to episode three. However, the big end, the big finale, if you will, we are staging the final and the biggest giveaway of the literally nobody cares Christmas special 
and it is major. I have given away a box of my favorite things. I've given away James Cosmetics. I've given away cash. And we are going to wrap up with my absolute tippy-top favorite. And what else could it be other than a Louis Vuitton bag? Join me and the family with Louis Vuitton bags. Louis Vuitton for all. What a time to be alive. A beautiful keeper. You can travel away when the borders open. You can travel domestically. You can take a drive for the weekend. Put your things inside a luxury bag like a Louis Vuitton keeper. Stunning. I have several myself. We'll basically be related. I'm giving one away. How do we do this is the real question. So it gets a bit complicated. Blame Adam. Basically what we're doing is this. I'm going to post a photo on the gram, okay? Bear with me, Cheryl. I'm posting a photo on the gram, which will clearly be the photo for this, okay? Maybe I'll have the bag. I don't know what we're doing yet. We haven't gotten that far, but, you know, we're flying by the seat of our pants here. We're going to post a photo. On that photo, you will need to comment, tagging a friend below to spread the Christmas cheer, hello, to tell more people they need to be joining the club. Don't tag a Cheryl. I don't want them anyway near me. Uh, And then those people, anyone, that's how you enter, basically. You comment below, you tag a friend, right? But then here's the kicker. I mean, they've got, to, they've got to be, like, obviously, Adam's doing a fucking underline. Of course, they're going to be following me. I'm not going to give shit to anyone who's not following me. You're having a joke? I don't want some fucker that's going to come along and take it. I mean, if you're not going to join the community, you're not winning fucking shit. You ain't getting a bag of anything, okay? Bag of coal for you. And it will not be a Louis Vuitton bag. It'll be a plastic bag. Oh, here come the fucking environmentalists. The turtles. Okay, fuck off. Anyway, a Louis Vuitton keeper. You need to comment below this photo, tagging a friend. You can enter as many times you want by tagging however many friends you want in separate comments. But then here is the kicker. In order to win, Adam is going to select someone to win probably, or he'll select a shortlist and then I will select from there, but it's probably going to be him. We'll select from the comments a winner. He will DM that person and say, you are the winner and you will have the the clock will start tick, 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 tock, tick, tock, tick, tock. I feel like that uh, Batman movie was tick, tock and the, the Riddler. Again, Jim Carrey. Fuck, where's he been? Come back with some bangers. The clock will start. You have 60 minutes, one hour to write back to the DM with the secret password unveiled in episode four of the Christmas special. Fucking boom. Have you ever heard a competition so good? Christmas is here. Louis Vuitton keep up for grabs. It's a fabulous and stunning bag. The way to win is to comment below, tag a friend many times you want to. And then we're going to DM you. If you miss that 60-minute window, we're moving the fuck on. You think we care? 61 minutes and Cheryl comes by and goes, oh, sorry, I was putting up my rainbow decorations. We don't fucking care, Cheryl. You got nothing. You know what would have happened if you were wearing real shoes? You could have moved a little bit quicker, babe. That's what would have happened. But you didn't. So that's absolutely fucked. Anyway, so that's how easy it is. That's how easy it is to win. That's all you got to do. So make sure you tune into episode four of the Literally Nobody Cares Christmas special, the final episode in Christmas week. That's how you got a chance to win. And uh, yeah, I mean, really, this has been phenomenal. We've done three episodes in a row, three weeks in a row, bang. We just got to do the fourth and then we're on fucking fire. It's all happening. Thank you for listening as always. You're absolute tens. I am doing the Lord's work. You are, of course, doing the people's work. And I appreciate you the most for doing so. Make sure you're in the Literally Nobody Cares private Facebook group because we'll be posting some extra special content. The new warehouse fit out and all sorts is happening in there. Make sure you're on there. Search for it on the Facebook platform. I don't know why I said the Facebook like I'm 65. Search for it on the Facebooks, on the internet, on the, on the grams. It's on Facebook. Just fucking search for it. If you don't know how to find it, fucking Google it. Don't DM me. Dear Lord. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Not happy holidays. Love you the most.